What's up, everybody? It's Bricky Sergeant Benny, and we are back with our first ever live recording episode. What's up, boys? Living the dream. Let's get it. Little lens day. This is awesome, guys. This is awesome. I, it is weird, like, seeing you two right now. Yeah, and I haven't actually seen Benny in person once since we started doing this. So it's like, hey, what's up, buddy? Yeah, who are you? <laughs> you look different in person. I just told Bricky he looks taller in person. Well, him telling me that I look tall was literally the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me in my entire life. I meant it. Did I get shorter or? No, you've always <laughs> just been tall. But you got a little bit of the shaggy vibes from Scooby-Doo. I'm not going to. Oh, my God, Scoob. (laughs) (laughs) You got the hair now. Everything's kind of following suit. But anyways, I'm in town. I had a wedding last weekend. Quick shout out to the Paddocks. Congratulations. Got another wedding this coming weekend. Shout out to the Stearns. Of course, like you all saw, I had to pay up on my last place fantasy football bet, which was doing a lemonade stand. And it honestly wasn't too bad. I kind of leaned into it, took it. Ran with it, had a little fun with it, and it actually ended up making 70 bucks. What's up, what's up? Almost paid for my entry fee this year. So turning out, turning in last place wasn't too bad. It really wasn't, and I think it goes to show, just in anything in life, a little bit of effort and a lot of swag goes a long way. Tons of swag. Time out. You made $70? Made 70 bones. Actually made, people actually, yes, you dude. actually collected a fee. I it made 70 bucks, and I, so I will say... For the first 30 minutes, I did not have anything indicating that it was about fantasy football. Well, it was written very small at the bottom of the of the tag board. But when you're driving by, all you see is lemonade written really big at the top. So I was getting a lot of weird looks. It sucked. So actually, my neighbor came outside, walked over, said, what's going on here? I was like... Yeah, I just lost in fantasy football, so I got to do a four-hour lemonade stand. And he hit the look on his face was, "Wow, the Brickners are not doing well. You need this more than I do." And he handed me a twenty. No way. <laughs> yeah. And I tried to say like, "No, like I'm just doing a lemonade stand," but he looked concerned. <laughs> it's all for shits and giggles, but he was actually concerned about your family's yep. well-being. Yep. The Brickners hit a hit a tough time here. They're out, they got their 30-year-old son working a lemonade stand at the end of the driveway, just to make ends meet. Classic Minnesota, right there. <laughs> Minnesota, nice. Take this 20. It's on me, kid. Yeah. I believe that was uh, two lifetime memberships. Yes. Yes. Sorry. I said that incorrectly. It wasn't $20. It was two lifetime memberships. So thank you for that. So after the 30 minutes, I quickly realized that every car driving by was looking at me like, why in the sweet hell is a 30-year-old doing a lemonade stand? So I got two tag boards, put I suck at fantasy football, put it one on the right, put one on the left. So when you're driving by, you saw it. And immediately... People started stopping and having fun with it. They're, I was at least getting honks at people pointing at me and laughing at me. Got a ton of people to stop. And a lot of people asked, like, are you donating it to charity? And I actually did. Donated it to the UPP WDF. Great foundation. The UPP? What did you? It's the UPP WDF, the Underprivileged Podcasters Wedding Drinking Fund. Nice! <laughs> <laughs> And I drank for free last weekend. That's fantastic. Oh, my God. I think we need to start that slogan. That's the best way for people to donate to us. <laughs> can you can you throw it out one more time because it is a six-letter deal? It's a UPPWDF. 
And it was, uh, I think they had select beers on tap, select wine on tap, but I had a couple of nice uh, top shelf whiskeys. You know, it's, uh, I was, you know, I was out there for four hours. I was doing the Lord's work. I had to reward myself. It was awesome to stop by. And not only when I stopped by, immediately a family comes up. And I'm so glad I got, got a picture. But just seeing the whole, the canopy, the signs, and incredible lemonade, by the way. Have you ever thought about being a bartender? Oh, I am actually a bartender at my own house right now. I'm referred to as Bartender Bricky. And my dream is to have a bar in my basement one day and I'm making a menu. And I am going to make them up. I love that. I am going to be a frequent attendee of this said bar. I wish everybody could see the face of Brickman that he just made this. And hopefully we are recording some video, but the, the level of ego behind that statement <laughs> was just so big. He's excited. He's going to have a nice... Your dad's going to whittle something out of wood for you because he's the craftiest man alive. Yeah, Retirement Tom will whip up a quick bar for me and uh, I'll have a menu and all the ingredients you need. Anyway. So I, I, I got to switch gears here just a little bit because even though this is a punishment, it seemed to be a humongous victory for you personally and morally you got a lot of support you got a free tab coming in last doesn't sound that shitty anymore you've kind of just flipped the script for us no 100 percent. and with that said we asked people what was their last place punishment for their fantasy football leagues got some people letting us know on instagram twitter all that type of stuff benny and you actually had a couple that you liked a lot i have a really good one I met, I was golfing with my buddy Tommy, I met his buddy uh, Nick, I think his last name is like Vandry, something like that, and I saw it on Instagram, and their last place punishment, they have a boys trip every year, last place person has to wear a dress and play a round of golf, and I saw some footage of it, the kid took it like a total champion, he had a crazy peach dress on, it looked ridiculous, but of all the punishments, like you're out with your buddies, it's like a boys trip type vibe. That's amazing. That's the best one I think I've ever heard of. I like that a lot. Cuz that's one where if you if you're embarrassed and you don't have fun with it, it's going to suck. It's 4 hours, you're going to the clubhouse, everyone's looking at you. But if you have fun with it, that is going to be a day. That is super creative. I I just I'm just curious like how the dress shopping went. That that's what I really want to know. That you know what? I never even thought about that. It could have been a total disaster. The kid looked pretty solid. I don't know. Top down, I was like, I don't know. It's just like he's golfing with, you know, his wife or something. Did he have to wear high heels? Or did could he wear golf shoes? Didn't see that. I'm okay. assuming golf shoes, high heels would have been the that worst would, punishment. Well, ever. you probably yeah. can't go on a green with those now that I think about it. It'd Fair have enough. to be golf shoes. Yeah. Stilettos. How stilettos. <laughs> You gotta buy Louis B's and a dress, two thousand dollar punishment. So yeah, that was that was the best idea that we've seen. But should we get into this week's segment, boys? I think we should. Light it up. All right, we got another episode of It's Called Five, and I can't remember which one of you two explains what it is. But whoever it is, jump in right here. I thought it was you. I thought you were. The <laughs> I I explain it. Explanation. Son guy. of a bitch. All right, all right, Bricky, jump in. All right, we're here. It's Called Five is our version of the snake draft. We can't think of anything to name segments, so it's just called It's Called Five. And this week, we are doing Urban Legends. This is all coming from Benny. So, Benny, I want to give us a little reason why we're doing Urban Legends. 
first and foremost, urban legends are fascinating. It borders conspiracy theories, which are also unbelievably enticing. I know Jarcy will back me up. He's getting back-to-back shout-outs. Shout-out Jarcy again. Uh, it's cool. It's There's things that are out there in the world, and you don't have an idea of what's really the origin of the story. There's some scary shit that's happening. Sorry, Sarge is just trying to drink his beer quietly right now, and it's not going too well. Over in the corner there. Yeah, this sorry. is great, by the way. <laughs> this is it's awesome. Just so, the the energy is so high right now, you can just keep flowing. But it, I don't know, Urban Legends, I, I don't know. If anyone has been bored during the uh, the Kovici time, it's super easy to get sucked into some crazy shit, and I got sucked into it. Gullible Gary over here, and then... I'm excited to see what we got in the repertoire because we are coming into this hot. I believe the draft order is Benny into me, and then Sarge is number three. Before we get into it, I just want to say, if you are going to look up urban legends after this, do it in the daylight because they're scary. That's all I got. Very wise words from Bricky, the wisdom guy. All right, I'm going first, first round pick. Finally, I get the first shot at this. I feel like I get snuffed every single time. Bricky's got me on the ropes. All right. Number one for me, first overall draft pick. It's a fan favorite. It's been a family movie forever. It's the Shrek urban legend. Oh, interesting. Okay. And apparently, it started from this pro wrestler named Maurice Tillett, nicknamed the French Angel, this Russian beast. Crazy story. The dude... Basically got this disease called a Grom Agali. I'm not pronouncing that right. <laughs> that but can't wait, but, be the scientific. And also term. before before we get into this, I believe your missus is from a French Canadian providence. Is that correct? She, she is. She is considered French Canadian. You said Mark Tillett is Mark Maurice Tillett. Maurice Tillett. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> Jesus, not even close. Yeah, close. It's Tillet, right? Impossible. It's, it's like we'll go with Tillet. Tillet fish? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's possible. He's Russian though, so I could be like Tillet. Oh, so he's not even French. He's French Russian. Sorry, I didn't know. I don't even I, know what that I, means. Just... It says Russian born Frenchman. And he got this disease. So if you get it when you're a child before you go through like your crazy growth spurts, you get giganticism. I don't, I'm totally botching all In these what region of your body? Everywhere. <laughs> Lucky. All of it. <laughs> all of the bones go crazy. Monster dog. If you get it in your adolescence, like as a teenager, only your hands, feet, and facial bone structures grow. So we pulled this up. We have to post pictures of it. This dude looks like the spitting image of Shrek. It, oh my it, God, dude. He is disgusting. It is uncanny what this individual looks like. And. It has to be. Shrek's a wrestler in the movie. He's not exactly the the prettiest of people out there living in, I don't what do you live in? A swamp. Movie? Living in a swamp. Maybe that's a little aggressive, poor Maurice, but. <laughs> Literally, the only difference between the two is that Maurice is not green. That is. <laughs> that is spot on. He is Shrek. He looks identical to him. So, you know, digging into this a little bit more because I like to go down the rabbit hole. DreamWorks, part of Disney, part of the whole, like, you know, <laughs> animation station. Sarge is currently taking a bottle cap off with his teeth 
as to avoid mic interference. <laughs> this is just phenomenal. No, it's great, dude. It's fucking funny. He's going down smooth. <laughs> you can't hide anything. What are you doing when we're recording virtually, there's no, buddy? There's no mute button when you're in person. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so DreamWorks has neither confirmed or denied that the movie is based off this individual. But a kicker is that he married apparently the most beautiful woman in Russia named Olga. So that means that... He's a princess who lived in a castle. Shut the fuck up. Okay, before we go down that, that just confirms that the giganticism is in the pants. Oh, right? yeah. Mastodon. <laughs> There's no debating that. I'm sure he got a little extra bone. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Christmas. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Shrek, you know, is based off Maurice Tilla, a.k.a. the French Angel. Honestly, for a first overall pick, kind of a wild card. I respect it. So like I said before we started this, the urban legends are kind of scary, and I'm kind of a bitch when it comes to that stuff. So I kind of included wives' tales into this. Are you guys okay with that? Yes. 100%. Confirmed. All right, you heard it. So I'm just going right off the hop. When you were a kid and your parents would tell you, you can't swim for one full hour after you ate. Because that is the biggest crock of shit of all times. That was just a reason for your parents to not have to watch you swim for an hour. And it's genius. You want to know what? When I have kids one day, I'm using it too. (laughs) Absolutely. It really was just to not watch you swim. There's no other explanation. Ingenious. Whoever invented that. Every parent out there in the entire world is thanking them. Thank you, that person. Yeah, I don't have any facts on that one at all. It's just how stupid are we as kids to think that we're I will die. say, I will say, I have ate and then swam right after and got a killer side ache. Really? Yes. What, it, like, how do side aches happen? How does that happen? Why, why does that hurt? It happens when you're just kind of doing, you know, running. It happens to be running quite frequently. Like, wow, quite frequently after like i drink a bunch of water and then i i i just remember swimming a few times and then just having just the worst side ache ever it's just basically like i don't know someone jabbing you right in the belly right in the side i don't know side jabs okay did you die (laughs) i think i'm still here okay good you still able to propel yourself above the water yeah i think i just like got out and waited for an hour so I really like that one to kick things off, Bricky, because everybody's heard that. Anybody who says they haven't heard that is lying. Everybody's parents have said that to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know my parents have. That was a first-round talent right there, I believe. So, Sarge, you're up. All right. So, I'm going extremely local with my first overall pick here. There is a lake that I live right by. It's called Bald Eagle Lake. In White Bear? In White Bear, Minnesota, and there's an island on that lake called Cigar Island. And back in 2005, there was rumors, aka urban legend, that Bruce Willis bought this magnificent, magnificent place on Cigar Island, and it's as secluded as you can think, and it's massive. This island's pretty large as far as Minnesota lakes goes, but. I've heard this for years that Bruce Willis would just basically seclude himself. And then White Bear's a pretty good town, honestly. I, I know that we have listeners out east and all over the world. That's right. Sorry. But I've heard this for years, and I thought it was so cool. 
I doubt it's true. However, the place itself is a multi, multi-million dollar home. And it's the entire island. And it is sick. But I have never seen anyone in there. I've, I actually, my aunt and uncle have a place on there. And I, wow, that's where my pops keeps his boat. And I take Binox to it every single time to see if anyone's in there and no one is. Okay, so you made mention of 2005. Correct. Was there some significance in his, was he having a rough time? Like, it's just I think very that's when random. Demi Moore and him split up. I could oh. be wrong. I'm not a pop, pop culture guy. And he bought Cigar Island and built the multi-million dollar palace. Correct. And we'll have to, it's actually on Zillow right now. I looked it up right before I came here. And What's the cost? I should have really wrote that down. Rough estimate. Two? Five? Oh, ten? like, I think like three. Three mil? Just for the house, not for the, the entire island. So Bruce Dubbs, just three million dollar palace. Right. But the thing about living on an island is incredibly inconvenient. Hey, let's go to the grocery store, babe. Yeah, let's get on the boat. Let's hopefully we have a car there. Well, or like, how does that work? I mean, you have a helicopter, obviously. You could you could legitimately have a helicopter on. There's there's multiple uh, so there's a little bit of a guest house too, and they have just this beautiful setup with this huge bonfire pit. It is really cool, and also sneaky great musky fishing off of that too. And I also have caught many, many small crappies right off that island as well. It's me again, isn't it? Yes, it's a little holy shit reach around back man. to back. And speaking of reach around, that is just the best segue ever. My next one, I am a huge fan of this person, by the way is that Marilyn Manson had his two lower ribs move, removed. Jesus Christ. Can you talk, bud? Are you a little excited? I'm super excited. <laughs> I'm really excited about this one because this one cracks me the fuck up. But that Marilyn Manson had his two lower, moves, lower ribs removed to suck his own dick. That was like the middle school rumor. <laughs> absolutely. It was. And he's obviously absolutely insane. Okay, and Sarge, real quick, real quick, because we have viewers in a lot of different countries that may not know who he is. So just a quick soup to nuts, who is Marilyn Manson? So I really can't even explain him, but all you need to look up, go on Spotify and type in beautiful people and just listen. And then you'll get a nice, actually even better, go on YouTube and watch that music video. You will be scarred for life. So do you think it's true? I know for a fact it's not. You've seen it? No, I read his autobiography, which is, once again, very insane. His father was uh, a military man, and like most military sons and daughters, they get rebellious, right? I, I actually could be wrong. I believe he actually was like a priest, now that I think about it. How it all started was... Wait, the- hold on. Marilyn Manson was a priest? Oh, no, his dad. Okay, so okay. he's like... I'm making shit up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, his dad's a military man. I read his autobiography, <laughs> and I literally, I'm so excited, my mind is just <laughs> blanking right now. That was literally the polar opposites of, like, households to grow up in. Your dad was a priest, or your dad was, like, a military general. Maybe not general. There's absolutely but... no in-between. So <laughs> I, I think I just found out how urban le- legends are created. It's just... You t- tell someone, then they change it a little bit, then they tell someone, and they change it a little bit. I just had an epiphany. Urban legends are the telephone game. I was just going to say that. I was going to say, we've been playing telephone forever. Just like thousands of years of telephone. So how it all started, so he was uh, performing in a concert in 1994, and uh, 
he may or may not have had a dildy and was performing oral sex on it. Live? <laughs> Live on stage, which is which is just outrageous. But I do need to say that the floating ribs is actually a surgery. So getting your ribs removed is a real thing. Like Seriously? That, yes. I th- thought that was all horseshit. No, no. So a floating rib is basically when your rib, once again, I'm making shit up, is when you're like your rib is kind of going into your organs or like it's about to. So they're like, let's get out of there. So you it's like a re- life-saving surgery. Correct. Okay. It's not, it's not for like, personal gain. Yeah. No. And speaking of personal gain, how he how this all got debunked was just an all-time quote by Marilyn Manson here. Quote, Marilyn Manson, if I really got my ribs removed, I would have been busy sucking my own dick on the wonder years instead of chasing Winnie Cooper. On to the next one. So am I up now? You're back on the, the wheel. Hey, we're keeping the order nice and tight this time. All oh, right. We still got a long ways to go. With the fifth overall pick, my second pick, I'm going to stay on the theme of music, and I'm going in the air tonight with Phil Collins. I'm really intrigued. I don't know if I know You guys one. don't know this one? I, I The only thing I can think of is that Stan, the Eminem song, when, uh, they, you know, that monologue or whatever. No, that's yeah. That that's exactly it. So there's three stories behind this, but I'm just gonna go over two of them. So the first one is Phil Collins watched as a man who attacked his wife at one time drown, and that is what the song is about. Another theory is Phil wrote it about a man who watched another man drown, and then Phil saw him at the concert and sang it to him. That's even spookier than the it's first spooky, version. It's spooky, man. Whoa. He watched a man watch another man drown, and then he sang that shit to him at the concert live. Imagine locking eyes with Phil Collins. You're in the freaking, you know, you got like a, a stage pass. You're like right up against the ropes. Like, yeah, Phil Collins kicks ass. Like, And all of a sudden, it's like that guy had the most trippy experience in the entire world. I mean, hopefully he wasn't doing too many pharmaceuticals at the time because he would have been losing his freaking marbles. Basically, the urban legend is Phil saw someone drowning or drowning someone else and then saw them at his show and sang it to them, which is just kind of like gives it the haunting because the lyrics are pretty haunting as well. And did you look into this? Did you kind of like deep dive into if this is any truth to it at all it's 100 percent fake 100 percent fake yeah <laughs> oh that's a bummer i, I believe so it could be true though because i like <laughs> when it's like hard no it could be a maybe well when phil was asked about it he basically said the song and it's like this kind of ruins it the song really has no meaning he just kind of was i think he was in the middle of a divorce and so he's like the lyrics themselves have a lot of like pain and anger behind them but the song itself to him doesn't have any specific meaning which kind of sucks he's lying because of legal reasons. <laughs> yeah there's no <laughs> way yeah divorce is one thing that sounds shitty but at the end of the day if you see some dude drown that shit's deep that's dark Ugh. that's he's fair fill your freaking line right. bud i got a really fun fact about that song he played that drum breakdown that's the best drum solo ever I mean, are you kidding me? You can feel that in your pills when that shit drops. <laughs> All right. Well, Benny, you're back up. Okay. What are we? Second pick overall. I have a lot of good shit here, so I kind of want to like flip around. You know what? Shout out India. 
Shout out India. We got a lot of supporters out there, and we appreciate you. So I was curious. I wanted to look into some of your guys' craziness. And the one that I stumbled upon was the Indian village of Kaldara. No idea if I'm pronouncing that right or wrong. Probably botched job. But it's scary shit. Like Bricky said in the beginning of the episode, don't listen to this shit at night. And definitely don't Google it at night, because holy Christmas, is it not fun to go to bed after that. But anyway... This crazy village. So it was one of the most like prosperous villages in India, apparently. Kind of like the Mesopotamia of like the Roman Greek times. It was built in the 13th century. They were supposed to be farming wizards, you know? Minnesota, Iowa. Great guys, you know? The irrigation, all that kind of stuff. Inventions. Anyway, 84 villages surrounded this like huge place. So it was a massive capital for the place. In the 19th century... It was abandoned overnight. Every single person left. All 84 villages. Not just like, I don't even know what Wait. a village size would be at that time, but like what? 84. Yeah, all of them gone. Just at night, they were there. In the morning, gone. Gone. Everybody disappeared. I don't know if they like physically disappeared, like if they were like sucked into the spirit world or some shit like that, but like everybody was gone. It was the most prosperous village in that area. Everybody was gone. So there's a lot of theories about this, and I, again... Betty the Bunny, a.k.a. the Rabbit Hole Man. I looked into this. There was a theory that the elites, again, big farming community, that the elites in other villages were trying to fuck this village over so that they poisoned all of their water supply upriver, I guess, with dead animal carcasses so that their crops would die. A lot of people thought, again, with this elite thing, and this is kind of the, the logical theory, that they were trying to avoid oppression because people that had more military power realized this was like a golden opportunity to conquer and then take all the gold but both of those have not been proven they've both been debunked and there's probably information that might solidify some of this garbage but who the hell knows outside of that flash forward now flash forward into like you know the 20th century a lot of people have gone to this village it is still abandoned. It still looks exactly the same as it when it was abandoned in the 19th century. And there's many accounts from multiple sources in India that this place was just totally wiped out overnight. And people go there, and it's kind of like that Paranormal Activities movie. So they sleep overnight. Would you ever do that? No. No, not in a million years. Not. Like, ghosts are real, right? Are ghosts They're go- real? They're real. Real. Right. I don't want to fuck real. with that shit. So a lot of people and like... This is the, the common place of all the things that I looked into. When people go there and they stay overnight, they claim that when you're asleep, you get tapped on the shoulder and you get woken up. Nope. No, thanks. No, nope. I'm out, dude. I'm out. So for all the people that are in India, tell us if we're right or wrong. Are we just spouting off bullshit? What's right on the internet? Because it sounds creepy as hell. Well, and did they find any bodies or anything? No bodies. Nothing. Everybody's gone. Maybe it's a little bit of exaggeration. People just like up and left. But 84 villages, that was like the cornerstone for me. I'm like, I don't know how big a fucking village was in the 19th century. They can't be peanuts, right? It's like All right. everybody's the, just gone. The only logical explanation here is aliens. A lot of alien talk on the, the interwebs there. It's a crazy one. It's undebunked. Kaldahara. Check it the fuck out. Can you spell it? Uh, K-U-L-D-H-A-R-A. Scary shit. 
That's what I got written in my notebook, so you're getting it live. <laughs> <laughs> Underlined twice. Underlined scary shit. <laughs> Abandoned. Dynamite ad there, Benny. <laughs> All right, I guess we're we're back on the... Is it me again? Yeah, yeah. dude. That's oh, how Snake Jack works. dude. Shit. All right. Where to go? Where to go? All right. You know what? I got to crack into this one because it's going to make everybody laugh. So like Bricky said, it can't just be all urban legends. So I looked into some superstitions. And these kick ass. Everybody's heard of them. I guarantee everybody has heard knock on wood. Have you guys heard of that? Knock on wood. All right. So it actually has a ton of different meanings, but I grew up Catholic, so I kind of fell into that rabbit hole. Knock on wood has Indo-European or Celtic spirits origins, right? So a lot of Christianity. And, like, there's multiple stories that go to this where people in the 13th century were kind of looking around. They were scared of shit. If you touch wood, it repelled evil spirits. And everybody, I don't know what life was like in the 13th century, but it doesn't sound great. (laughs) There's not a lot of food. It's not pure water. Everybody stinks. People are disappearing at night. Yeah, people are disappearing. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds scary as shit. When you get into more like the Christian side of it, people wanted to touch the crucifix. And one of the age-old tales, and this is one of the funniest things I've ever read in my entire life, it is attributed to a 19th century British children's game called Tiggy Touchwood. Tiggy <laughs> Touchwood. Tiggy Touchwood, baby. So the whole game was that you'd be in like the middle of the woods, and in order to get immunity from being tagged, you have to touch a piece of wood. Like so just a piece of wood or a tree or anything? A tree, a piece of, I don't know, a piece of wood, something like that. So they, they kind of had the thing that like wood was both evil and good spirits. So you could either touch wood to repel evil or touch wood to bring on good spirits. So the whole game was based on like those origins, 13th century. We're working to the 19th now. And the whole game was like we're all in the middle. It's kind of like spud or something crazy. You're in the middle. Go find a piece of wood. You got immunity. And it has a lot of religious beliefs, apparently. So how, I, how does the luck come into it? Touching wood. I don't know. It goes back to, like, the only thing I could find that was, like, like over and over again was, like, Christian Christian beliefs or, like, Catholic beliefs where, like, the crucifix was considered holy. And in order to avoid evil spirits, you had to touch wood. Okay. I like that one, though. Because, I, I, yeah, you say that almost every day. I always touch wood, dude. Dude, literally, I just did this four days ago. So in the warehouse, I had a little couple fuck-ups, and then someone brought up, oh, yeah, Sarge, you hit a couple things, and I go instantly to our cart, which is made of pure wood, and go, nope, not going to happen. And it hasn't happened. But granted, it's been three days. But still. So I also want to point out the fact that knock on wood is the American expression, but touch wood is the European expression. Interesting. And it literally comes from that game, Tiggy touch wood so if you go to europe they don't say knock on wood they say touch wood and every single male out there has touched the package touch wood i'm just throwing that out there <laughs> correct <laughs> on the superstition game i'm gonna double down if that's okay with you guys yeah all right so has everybody heard of the throw salt over your shoulder oh yeah that's yeah, a yep, dumb and yep, dumber yep. okay exactly so salt over the shoulder again crazy background apparently salt was a super rare commodity which doesn't seem like a huge surprise but you would gift it to people as a housewarming gift because it was preservation and keeping things alive. So Roman soldiers were apparently paid in salt, and there's Latin roots apparently. 
that sal, like the the Latin word, like salt, comes into play for salary, and that's why we get paid money. Are we getting paid in salt? We might be, dude. Salt must kick major salary. ass. So the reason I had to throw that out there, and there was a couple of wild faces in here, so appreciate the silence. If you had spilled the salt, it was considered like a colossal fuck up. You spilled the most precious resource, and it was considered very, very bad luck. So then why would you throw more over your shoulder? In order to get rid of it. But here's the here's the catch, right? I Again, the Benny the Bunny rabbit hole Stevenson over here. It goes into the, the Catholic Church. So if you look at Da Vinci's painting of the Last Supper, he has Judas spilling salt in the picture, which is bananas. Because he's the one who... Because he's the one that fucked over everything. Either way... The whole thing was that if you spill salt, you're bringing bad spirit, bad energy into your world. So the only way to do it is to throw it over your shoulder to repel them from coming into you. Just remember, right hand salt, left shoulder. That's all that matters. Whoa. Don't be a Judas. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess I'm back up. And I, I had one pick locked in, but that one was... That got me all twisted up. I'm going to go, I'm going to change gears here. We're going to go on the lighter side of things. And by the time this gets released, college is going to be about a month in. I think every, at least guy, has seen this. And it circles around Twitter. Now that we got social media, you'll circle it, it circles around. But there are signs that are hung up in your dorm, in your bathroom, that it just says, college masturbation notice. (laughs) Oh my god. You guys god. know what I'm talking I've seen about? This. I've seen this in bas- every single bathroom. Yeah, basically, and I'm, I'm sure before social media, all that, they could get away with it. But it just <laughs> it just says the shower drains are not designed to handle semen. It will clog. Please relieve yourself in your dorm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you have a roommate. <laughs> oh my god. You gotta be real sneaky about it or like incognito. So what you what you got an eight AM tomorrow? Well, why are you asking? No, no reason. You know, just uh Yeah, okay, yeah, that's fine. Time to feed the geese. <laughs> Time to feed the geese. Fun fact, uh cold water works better than warm water. Well I was gonna say, so I'm trying to this is a good one. I everybody has seen this, at least every male, maybe the females they pay attention to it. So the women may be on this might be unbeknownst to the female listeners but it was only on the like it was plastered on every single male dorm bathroom correct yep if you do this is really personal if you've ever uh (laughs) jerked off in the shower (laughs) thank you thank you yeah i don't know why i'm getting shy right now either way you got hot water on that shit's fucking gorilla glue (laughs) straight up straight up dude yes So, like, could they switch the slogan to, like, cold showers only? I mean, wow. They could. If you want to play with your plums, take a cold shower. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, dude. Can you just imagine how much it would take to just clog a drain? Like, I can't, like, those are got to be thick pipes, right? (laughs) Oh, man. And the thing is, dude, what's funny is I, like, kind of believed it. Like, I'm going to be straight up honest. I, I was like, oh, shit, I got to stop doing this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So it got one person. 
Yes, I'm very gullible, but... You started the urban legend uh, at the I Louvre. did not start, but I finished. Oh! oh! <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, yeah. You go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're done talking about sturbating in the bathroom. All right. It's your boy's pick, and I got a hell of a pick. The Chupacabra. Ooh. All right, you have to fill me in. I'm not a... All right, well, before... I don't know this we, one. Before we even get into it, we're going to go around the mics here and just do your best Chupacabra impression, and I'll start. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was the most fucked up noise I've ever heard, dude. I don't know if I can recover from that. You didn't even explain to me what it is. No, just hear Chupacabra <laughs> and make a noise. Holy shit, dude. You just scared the fuck out of me. That it sounded like a vulture. All right, I'll actually give you the definition yeah, give of me what some background. a Chupacabra that is. is. All right, so this is a Spanish term. Chupar means to suck. <laughs> <laughs> Marilyn we, Manson? We, Chupar yeah. Manson? <laughs> All right, and then Cabras is goats. We'll get into it, baby. Goat sucker? Correct. It means goat sucker. <laughs> okay. So, do your best impression. I'm trying to think of a sucker. goat noise right now. Because... Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I'm going to add a little flair to the. <laughs> okay. So, those who are not familiar with a chupacabra, which is ridiculous by the way it was originated in 1995 in puerto rico where a livestock of eight goats on a farm in puerto rico were sucked with I just gotta, I gotta re- repeat that because it's unbelievable. Sorry. It started on a farm where there was eight goats that were sucked. <laughs> Are you kidding me, man? Sorry, is this right, real? Wait, let me let me backtrack here. So there were eight go- eight goats found dead with <laughs> with their blood sucked out of them, so they were literally just bone dry. Okay. And, and it's bone dry. Wow, this is going great. So, basically, at this farm, this farmer comes out, all eight of his goats are just really dead. I mean, they have zero blood in them, and no one could figure it out. Completely drained. Completely drained of all their blood. And this rumor, aka urban legend, came about that the chupacabra, the goat sucker, Got to those goats. <laughs> this is probably our worst episode yet. <laughs> this, be, this, is, this is terrible. This is terrible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which is it's what's interesting about it is that there's just three puncture wounds in the chest of all of them in the exact same spot. All right. Which is weird as shit. So okay. was this like a bucktooth chupacabra? I'm not sure. And there's a lot of different versions of the chupacabra. There's some that look like a bear. There's some that look like a lizard, which really creeps me out. Reptiles are nuts. 
When did this start? You said it's 1995, March 1995. 1995? Correctly. And no one could figure it out. And after that, it started happening all around Puerto Rico. And not even just Puerto Rico, happened in the United States, Russia, Brazil, Argentina, India. Shout out India once again. All these different goats were getting their blood sucked out of them with three prongs in their chest. Crazy, crazy shit. And what else did you discover about this? Because I'm very curious. And for everybody out there listening, we're all jaw dropped right now because this is really fucked up. So, one, there's a book written about the Chupacabra. Fuck off. In 2011. Really? Called Tracking the Chupacabra by Benjamin Radford. And he got all the cases together and was trying to find a Chupacabra. And every time I think of Chupacabra, I just think of workaholics. I don't know if you guys have seen that episode. Great reference. I, oh God, I love that show. For some reason, when you say Chupacabra, the thing that I'm imagining in my head, do you remember the book when you were a little kid called Where the Wild Things Are? Yes. That is what I'm picturing in my head. Oh, is- dude, it, it, it could be like a dog. It could be, I mean, there's a lot of different, but it's hairless. Regardless, it's hairless. Just a hairless lizard, dog, bear. Sucking goat's blood. Man bear pig. Pretty much. Some people even thought it was an alien, which is logical because aliens are real. We already discussed that. All right. You guys got anything else here? I don't really have much. Okay. Oh, I'm up again. Fuck me. Wait, did, really? Right? Isn't that was that saying? your first one? That was the first one, yeah. So that's so that's two rounds complete. Uh, I, I, I I've gone three. three. You yeah. have three? I only have two. Do I have three? Did you have three? I think you <laughs> No, that is that round three done? That's round three That's, done. Round, That's three. round three. Okay. Done. This is your fourth round pick. God, we're really good at this, man. The old geese feeder well, right there. Well, we're three rounds in, and I'm on beer number four. <laughs> it does feel good to have some, some Dude, fucking feels beers great. while recording. All right. So my next one here, once again, shout out India. The Chatinga bird suicide. That sounds sad. That sounds like a Hollywood film in the yeah. making. There is a film that all these birds die, and I... It's a Mark Wahlberg film, and it's also The Core. Remember The Core? Do you remember watching The Core 150 times when in they, science like, class? When they went down to, like, the earth, like, down, deep down? Yeah. yeah. A bunch of birds were, like, flying everywhere, and they were dying. I, I don't think. remember that part. Cause the, the, when I think of bird suicide, I just think of U.S. Bank Stadium. <laughs> and all the birds hitting the windows. The glass windows. So in the very east part of India, Jatinga is a super small town. It's 2,500 people, but it's basically considered another Bermuda Triangle where all these birds die. And some scientists have thought that it was because of elevation because it's a mile in the air or 1,500 meters. That's how high it is. But every single year, this happens. And the first recording of it was 1905, but every year, a bunch of birds die in this exact same place, Jatinga. And that's creepy as fuck. Well, you want to know why? Why? Because birds aren't real. Boom, dude. Conspiracy City. You've never seen that little campaign, Birds Aren't Real? Birds are just spies by the government. Government robots. That's why they can land on telephone wires and not get electrocuted. Because that's their charging station. It's their charging station. That's how they charge? That's how they charge. That's what they say. Every bird is a camera. All right, I'm in. So that is there great. is there like an, an annual 
power outage in Chatinga or J- however you say that? Um, I have absolutely no idea. Hopefully, uh, yeah. one of our listeners in India can confirm this. But people thought that it was black magic witchcraft. And there's at one point where they burned three women that they thought were witches because all these birds were dying. What? Yeah. There's also, there's also some rumors that the villagers that live there are just taking bamboo sticks and smacking them out of the air, which I think is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that's just that not could, true. That could be some type of like martial arts training, or I don't I guess I don't know, don't know Ooh. what's in what talk, they talk about hand eye. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I, I doubt that. I think it'd be hard <laughs> as fuck to hit a bird. They're be. they're fucking. They got some agility in the air. You well, know and they mean? can also fly. That's true, and it's not just like one bird. Like one species of bird dying. There's been 44 different species of birds recorded dying every single year at the in this same place. Time. The same time, and it's between six and nine p.m. Is there an average of deaths? So th- there's a bunch of pictures online. I don't know. I I couldn't find anything on averages whatsoever. But there's a shit ton of dead birds there. So are these just the dumb birds? They're just like, hey, <laughs> hey, dumb bird, go over to this area, and like they just get waxed. By see, some like crazy force. You see, they also think that there's like fog, poisonous fog that will be in the air at that certain time that kills all the birds too. There's no no one's figured it out. They they've been studying this for years. Like scientists or like literally bird specialists go out there and try to figure out what the hell's going on, and no one's come up with anything. I mean, this has been recorded every year since 1905, and it's been happening much prior for much. Bo- what am I trying to say? Prior to that? Prior to that. Jesus can, Christ. Can you quick Google like the average death? Yeah. Oh, I'm not connected to your internet, but Hang I, on, I, I got it. Yeah, quick Google that. How I'm do you curious. spell that? Jatinga? Like... Um, J-A-T-I-N-G-A. Ooh, this could be spicy. Lightning fires <laughs> attracted the birds like magnets. There's lots of videos on it, dude. And dude, I'm telling you, yeah. Air. It's crazy, man. This like, is th- unparalleled. These pictures that I'm seeing are just... Hundreds of birds piled up. I feel like it might be a misnomer that it's suicide. I feel like they don't know what the fuck they're getting into. Yeah, I think it's the fog, honestly. I think there's literally smog up there, and they're just dead. You did say it was a mile high, correct? Yes. I wonder if it has anything to do with elevation. So, yeah, that's a theory that the height, or the elevation, I should say, not height, is why they keep dying. This is bananas, dude. Dude, it's a Bermuda Triangle. I'm definitely diving into this though, because this is lighting me up. Like All right, we'll get we'll dive deeper into this. We'll we'll maybe give you a little more info on it. But I'm gonna step in. I'm gonna take my next picks. I'm pretty excited about this one, and I want both of you guys to sit back away from your mic. Drago, I want you to insert some campfire sound effects if possible. This is an urban legend, a campfire story, if you will that I heard while I was in Cub Scouts from I believe my dad, could have been a different dad, and I'm gonna retell it as best I can from my memory. I heard this when I was in about second grade, and I have not forgotten it. It is just called The Hook Man. Legend has it that a young couple goes for a drive in eastern Pennsylvania. And they have to stop because the weather gets really bad. It's raining real hard. Windshield wipers can't even keep up, so they have to stop. They flick on the radio, and they hear 
The hook-handed lunatic has escaped from the insane asylum. Now this obviously bothered them because they know that it's in Pennsylvania. So they hear what sounds like metal on their car and the boyfriend, you know, wanted to be the man, he gets out, but they're underneath a willow tree. So he just sees that it's the branches from the willow tree brushing up against his car. The rain lightens up a little bit. They drive away. He brings his girlfriend back to her house. When he goes to open her door, there is a hook hanging from the door handle. No. Yeah, that's a hard pass for me, man. <laughs> I've heard this around a campfire as well from my neighbor. I'm sure there's a bunch of different variations of it, but the essential part is either a hook was hanging on the handle, it was embedded into the metal of the car. Basically, they escaped within seconds. So when you said they were under a willow tree was it like a makeout spot was it like the local like they high school kids they're like going to like have a little car romp so this was uh i believe originated in the 1950s so the correct term is necking (laughs) (laughs) just like sarge with that (laughs) bottle of cores (laughs) they maybe perhaps were having some extracurricular activities but they escaped near death so this is a new one for me. I haven't heard this. I don't know any other iterations of the hook man. Thank God I'm out of high school because I wouldn't be pulling my car under a willow tree anytime soon. It was probably parents trying to scare their high school kids from not getting after it in the car. I legitimately wanted to say this. Your dad's an asshole for telling you this in second grade. Are you kidding me, Tom? I have not forgotten that story. Actually, I think he's a wizard because that was the best birth control that Brickner's ever did. <laughs> I am going to tell it to my kids. I mean... Seriously, I I remember this story being told to me and just being scared shitless. Well, I remember second grade Bricky. Oh, I'm just supposed to go sleep in this little tent right now? Are you kidding me? The hook man's out there. Yeah, hurt hooks can easily cut through tents. Don't even have to use the zipper. Yeah, I slept one second that night. Maybe not even. And set the stage for us. What were you doing out in the woods in second grade? You guys, big camping family. What's the tea? Cub Scouts. Dude, I didn't know you were a Cub Scout. Me either. Um, I was the Pinewood Derby champion at <laughs> Golden Lake Elementary School. So why don't you check a record book? <laughs> What's a Pinewood <laughs> Derby champion? You you get this block of pinewood and you have to make a car out of it. But it has to be under a certain weight because obviously the heavier it like goes, it's on this elevated track and it goes down a hill, and then it like races to the end. So obviously the heavier it is, the faster it's gonna go. So it has to be under a certain weight. So there's like aerodynamics and all that type of stuff. So yeah. Sick. Since your dad champ. was literally like he's a wizard with woodcraft, you had a huge added advantage. I would like to think that I was the mastermind behind it, <laughs> but uh, you know what? I'm just gonna plead the fifth on this one. <laughs> this has. No relation to that, but in seventh grade, we built those derby cars with the CO2. Do you remember those? Yeah, that by yeah, chance? yeah. I won that because I figured out the aerodynamics to make it as skinny as possible, and no one else did that. And I fucking smoked everyone. I just painted it all black. Everyone did like a huge design. I'm like, no, we got the black rocket. Just <laughs> and I smoked everyone yeah. in Mr. Weehee's class. And that was different. So you wanted those to be light. 
Yes, balsa wood. And in Pine Wood Derby, you want it to be like it, like it was. I can't remember the weight is in ounces, but yep. you couldn't be over because the heavier what? Because you're just using gravity to go down the hill. So physics. it's a totally different. Yeah, physics. Classic physics. Dude, okay, this is also we can cut this, but do you remember making the bridges out of uh, toothpicks? Popsicle sticks, or was it toothpicks? It was toothpicks. Your boy won that as well. And also, do you remember the popsicle stick towers? I won that as well. Why are you not an engineer? Yeah, what the fuck? I should have been. I nailed it every single time. Killed it. And I did the lightest as possible, lightest. And then triangles are the strongest shape. And that's why you see a lot of triangles in buildings. Fun fact. Triangles are pretty solid. I'm not gonna they are the that. strongest shape. It is. Yeah. It's also a kick-ass instrument. <laughs> <laughs> Brickner, I fucking love you because you have quips like Jason Bateman. It's just like... In your back pocket, like you've been saving it for years, but it just seems to pop up out of nowhere. Kick it. I even thought of a triangle as an instrument. What is that, like grade 8 band? I was in choir. <laughs> <laughs> you were a good boy versus Sarge, who was a bad kid. Doing bad, bad kid. shit. Bad kid. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when we come for you? Bad boys, bad boys. All right. Like rockets coming for Sarge. Sorry. We're moving on. The hook man. Sleeper pick, I know. Sleeper pick in the fourth round. I think that was a value pick. <laughs> value, <laughs> value pick, no doubt. That's just gonna win the fantasy draft. My back on the stage. You're back up. You got two in a row. I All think right. your last two. So Sarge mentioned triangles. They're strong as shit. The Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> but there's also a lot of other triangles. Triangles seem to be the new theme of where we're going. Has anybody ever heard of the Alaska Triangle? What? No. The Alaska fucking triangle. Nope. Nobody? Nobody crickets in here, folks. Crickets. All right. 1972. This is when the whole fucking thing started. The U.S. House Majority Leader and the Congressman of Alaska vanished in a plane crash. They were high-profile individuals, so they sent out a search and rescue mission. Wow. Search and rescue mission. <laughs> Jesus. It spanned for an entire month. 32,000 square miles trying to find these people. High-profile guys. Congressman, the House Majority Leader, sounds like an important fucking guy. Or girl, whatever. Nothing. No debris, no signs of anything going awry. Totally disappeared. So, this triangle is from the main three cities in Alaska. Juneau, Anchorage, and some other town that I can't remember <laughs> or pronounce. Hey, you should let us guess. Yeah, okay. Um, Fairbanks. Yeah, Fairbanks. It's it got to be Fairbanks. It ain't Fairbanks. It's not Fairbanks. It's something with like a J and like I. I Juno? Would, you already said Juno. It's yeah, maybe it's not Juno. It's something else. Either way, they deem this as like a problem zone. So, again, the rabbit hole Stevenson over here going in hard. Sixteen thousand people have gone missing since 1988. And it has two times the na- national average for missing persons in the entire U.S. country. So, I mean, I'm not, I've never been to Alaska. When I think of it, it's very remote. So the first thing I think of is if you get lost and die, you're getting eaten by something. Potentially. It's also like a desert, essentially. I was going to say it can also fall in the water. you done. death. Sun. Again, this goes back to Sarge's little bird deal. Tourists, planes, locals, local hikers, that's what caught my attention. All missing. 16,000 souls disappeared since 1988. That's a lot of people. That's a stat. What's that on average? I don't know, 1,500 a year? It literally said between 500 and 2,000 people go missing per year in the Alaska. I didn't even know there was that many. Like, how many people are in Alaska? I 
That's a high percentage. 25,000? I don't know. 25,000. <laughs> <laughs> a tenth of the population's going. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're done. But, like, the whole thing goes, it's like, there's a lot of mystery still lingers. There's no proven reason why people are going there and why they're going away. But it is documented that you should not go into this death zone. I'm going to write this on a sticky note. <laughs> so I don't. I remember not to go there. Avoid the triangle. Lots of triangles out there. Stand out away from all triangles. Don't go to like. Look up the triangles, right? There's one in Superior too, which kind of blew my tree. Blew your what? Blew my tree. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> blew my mind. I don't know. Trees and life sources. I don't. Know. I don't fucking. It sucked your goat. Going back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, avoid the Alaska Triangle. It seems like a fucked up place. All right, number. Five, I think this is a total money pick, value pick. Nobody picked it so far, so I'm going in hot. Everybody knows who fucking Michael Jordan is, whether you're a sports fan or not. Somehow the, that superhuman of a basketball player just decided to retire. There's quotation marks going on my two fingers right now. During the prime of his career. And I want to set the stage on this. The documentary came out, what was it called? The one, the Michael Jordan The one. Last Dance. The Last Dance, thank oh. you, thank you. Before he retired, he just won his third straight title. It was the seventh time in a row that he was the league's leader in points per game scored. Is that good? That's, yeah, yeah. That's funny. You're comedy over there. <laughs> anyway, all of a sudden, the dude retires. And everybody knows that Michael Jordan likes to gamble. It's not a fucking mystery to anybody. The dude likes to play cards. The dude likes to gamble on everything. He apparently got kicked out of a couple different country clubs for putting too much money on the line with other country club members and not paying them his dues. He lost. Yeah, he gets smoked. I think you were telling me a story earlier about or a Minnesota card house. Oh, yeah. So if you listen to K-Fan, Power Trip Morning Show, pretty much everybody in Minnesota's heard of it. Uh, there's Running Aces up just north of Lina Lakes, and uh, Corey Cove on K-Fan is a big poker player, and he played in a tournament with Michael Jordan, and he has said for years... That Michael Jordan is the worst poker player of all times because he never folds. He is so competitive that he refuses to fold. He wants to beat you on every single hand. And that's just kind of how his brain operates. So I think I have the reason. And here's the whole urban legend of it. I think he was banned. I think he was kicked out of all the big casinos because I didn't learn this till recently. I was talking to Brickner about this, but I didn't realize that his father was murdered. So there's a lot of extra side notes in there that his dad was murdered because he couldn't pay his gambling debts. But apparently, you know, Michael Jordan, the spokesman for the freaking NBA, killing it. He's got his own shoe brand, the biggest shoe brand in the freaking world. Nike, Jordan, everything. He was doing illegal shit. And the commissioner of the NBA hired a federal judge, and I looked this dude up. They actually had a federal judge investigate Michael Jordan to see if he was betting on things that he was playing in. Not saying he's shaving points. Not saying this is freaking the replacements. No, he's so competitive that he would have been betting on himself to win. Exactly. But that's still super duper illegal. Very illegal. And they're saying that when he retired, it was actually a PR movement because they couldn't have Michael Jordan, the best player ever, be serving a gambling suspension. So they suspended him and they covered it up as he was retiring because he was going through difficult times. And again, losing your father, don't know what that's like, can't be easy. Kind of, you know, like there's a little bit of belief there. The dots are connecting. Well, and it makes sense because he was not good at baseball. 
No. And he was the best basketball player. Yeah. I don't know. Unbelievable. Apparently, he suffered substantial, that's what they quoted, substantial losses from gambling. It's not a freaking mystery. Look it up. I need to watch the last episode of The Last Dance. Apparently, they talk about it. They try to debunk it. I just need to interview Michael Jordan. He's on the list. What's up, MJ? I like your fucking shoes. <laughs> <laughs> First person to ever say that. Yeah. I'm going to wrap it up. All right. That's so, number five. So, for my last pick... I didn't do any research for this one, and like I said at the very beginning of the episode, I drove back here to Minnesota to pay my debt and also go to a couple weddings, and it's a nine-hour car ride from St. Louis to Minnesota, so I'm going to paint you a picture. I want everybody listening to this to close their eyes. You are six years old. You're playing Pokemon Red on your Game Boy in the car. You, it falls out of your hands for whatever reason, goes under the seat. You don't know where it is. You can't see it. It's dark. It's at night. So you ask your dad, hey, dad, can you turn on the light? You want to know what your dad says? You better make it quick because when you turn the light on, I'm blind. It's I'm <laughs> blind. I can't see anything in here. Biggest bunch of BS of all times. But my last pick, another value pick, is when you turn the lights on in the car, you can't see. <laughs> this, this just hits home so hard. It's 100% facts. My dad, Joey Mills out there, always. It's like they got freaking blinders in their eyes. They, it's like it's the most dramatic kerfuffle I've ever seen. It's like they turn the dome light on. It's behind them, but it's like they got struck by a laser beam. <laughs> coming. At, it's like the Dumb and Dumber skit. When they got the horns, you know, yeah. the light, you know, that's, that's like what it's acted like. That was like the whole thing. And to be fair, so we're about 30. I think all of our parents would have been older at that time. But my wife and I, we stopped to get gas, got a nice Mickey D's. And when you stop at Mickey D's, you're getting a 10 piece. You're getting, uh, I think a Diet Coke or a Orange High C. And when you hit the road, I mean, you got to dunk your nuggies in some sauce. Am I right? <laughs> You're so right. You're right. I asked my wife to please put some ketchup in my 10-piece. Turn on the light. I saw perfectly fine. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. This is very similar to the uh, hour after you swim. Uh, I'm not sure why it was such a trigger point for our parents. I will never understand, but it it's just ridiculous. They acted like if you turned on the light... It was like in a, a movie when you're about to get kidnapped and you start your car and someone comes from the backseat and puts a hood over your head. <laughs> like, ah! All right, I want to quickly sidebar if you guys are open to this because you just it literally just came to me right now. And I think on top of the dome light, the other big fucking myth out there, and nobody like younger than 12 is going to be listening to this, is... We're going to turn this car around. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, we bought it, right? We were like, oh, shit, right? Like, your dad has to throw in, like, the vein. The vein gets popping. He, like, you know, your mom and dad are bickering. All of a sudden, if you guys don't cut the shit, we're going to turn this car around. And we bought it. We were- <laughs> it was a bluff. That was Michael Jordan going all in on a 7-2 offsuit. <laughs> Literally, there's been zero cars turned around. We're already halfway there, right? We're like, I remember this so specifically. My dad was fucking hot, and we had this crazy thing. The timing belt blew out in the car. 
not going to go into it. Either way, we had to take the car to the fucking shop on the way to Florida. We're in fucking Myrtle Beach, right? I don't know how far we are from home, but it's like 15 hours, right? We're like two hours from the destination. And you're, you're driving from Buffalo. From Buffalo. And you're in Florida. We're in Myrtle Beach. And so your destination is Florida. Yes, yes, Got yes. It. Yeah, so we're like 80% of the way there. Some shit happened. My dad's hot because obviously shit is just hitting the fucking fan. I just remember me and my, my brother and my sister were in the car. And this is another one, dude. Whenever you're in the car as a little kid, you have to fucking piss. <laughs> so, <laughs> my poor brother, shout out drugs, is trying to take a piss into a two liter. And <laughs> the hole's not that big. <laughs> For all the ladies out there, especially anyone that lives with the male, we miss the toilet quite frequently and get splashed on the toilet seat. My brother is trying to finagle his way into pissing into a two-liter bottle. It's fucking 10 p.m. It's fucking super dark outside. Was the dome light on or no? (laughs) (laughs) I don't recall, but I don't think so. All of a sudden, my brother's got the bottle. Fucking pops off the lid, right? Pops the cap on it. He is pissing all over the fucking rental van that we had just gotten because my parents' car had broken down. Well, and you can't stop it once it starts because it stings. <laughs> <laughs> another another dumb and dumber quote right there. And that was that. My dad was like, we are turning this fucking car around. <laughs> that would have been the ultimate turn the car around. We're driving 15 hours back to fucking Buffalo, New York because you peed. Just a stubborn point of emphasis. You'd have to be crazy as a human being, as a parent, to just be like, that's it. I don't care. Fuck the vacation. <laughs> Fuck the trip. We're going back right now. That's a phenomenal story. Thank, th- thank you so much for saying that, Bricky, because that just jogged back. Like, we got to do an episode on car trips. I was going to say, if if you're a parent in that situation, instead of turning the car around and driving 15 more miles or 15 more hours... You just find a bridge and you ghost ride the car off the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Ghost ride that whip. All right, coach. Last pick of the draft. Wow. This one is very interesting. I had zero idea that this was even a thing, but this is huge overseas. Massive, I would say. It's actually the top urban legend of my Google search, and it's the Kelpie. What is the Kelpie, you ask? A Kelpie is a shape-changing aquatic spirit of Scottish legend. And typically, it takes shape of a horse. Also, can take shape of a beautiful woman and or man. Or a human, I should say. Well, I don't know why I just didn't say that. but So they hang out by rivers because a Kelpie is a water horse. I did not see that coming. I didn't know what a Kelpie means, but water horse is basically the definition of of this. So it's a shape-shifting water horse. Correct, which is fucking nuts. Does it suck goats? <laughs> <laughs> no. No it doesn't. But when I say shape-shifting, it can be something very nice. So you'll see a beautiful one, handsome man, or just a nice little my little pony right by the river, and it trip typically attracted little kids. So little kids would go up to this kelpie and just get on a horse, ride a cowboy. I'm pretty sure that's not correct. But <laughs> I was gonna say, if you're referencing the song, that is. That I'm is, not a huge country guy. 
whatsoever. That is statutory rape. Get I What is it? I don't even know. Save a horse, ride a cowboy. Damn it. So once a child gets on this horse or pursues this man or woman, a thundering sound comes. And what happens is the Kelpie takes the child and drowns it in the freaking river. And this is a huge urban legend. I'm not sure if it's actually happened or not, but it's really fucking crazy. Hold on, time out. So you have a, a attractive... And what what attracts the kids to this thing? Oh, my little pony's right there. I'm going to go ride it. Who doesn't want to ride a horse, honestly? That's the real question. Because I do. And I have, and it's sick. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Horses are fucking cool, dude. So you're saying you'd be drowned? Yes. Yes, I would. So is there like a, a smell or a sound, or is it just a horse? And then they just Well, it could to... be a man or a woman that's unbelievably attractive. So it's not a horse. It, it's a shape-shifting Mythical creature. So you got a shape-shifting mythical horse. And where's this base again? Where's this? Scot- Scotland. Scottish. That was British. Scot. I, I Scot- Benny is the worst <laughs> <laughs> accent guy ever. Not European. So you got a shape-shifting water horse slash hot chick slash super hottie dude slash will drown you slash they just you get on their back you're dead you're done. That's the whole premise. Yes. It, it's a huge urban legend out there. That's I know you've done some research, Benny, because yeah. I know you have. Cause... I like I like this shit. This is like right up my wheelhouse. I love, I don't know, the Kelpie thing because it kind of makes sense. So one thing that's synonymous with urban legends is they make some like ridiculously attractive sound and or they make a sound like a cry for help, like they are in distress. And being the good-spirited human beings that we are, they go to aid that sound. Once they get there, they are greeted by a majestic water horse or Victoria's supermodel. I'm just picturing in Harry Potter the Patronus. Yeah, that's what I. That's what's in my mind. Like just like a, a beam of light. Yeah, something so majestic. And then they're tricked. Not even tricked. They're already tricked at that point. They're just like, hey, like you want to come for like a hangout? Or, like, a ride on my back. <laughs> and, Into the deep depths of then, the water. And then they die. <laughs> You're dead. So if you hear a weird fucking voice in the woods or near a lake, check it out and let us know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think, yeah. I think that wraps it up. And that will wrap up this episode, the first in-person episode of Light Through Our Lens. Once again, thank you all for listening. And spread the word, you freaking turds. Take her easy. Hang on, I want to add one thing. Oh, yeah, do I want to add one thing. I just want to say, for anybody out there that's listening, if you like this, please follow our socials. Please share with your friends. Give us some support outside of that. We appreciate you guys listening. Shout out India again. You're getting shout outs out the ass today. We hope you like it. Pass us along if you like it. If you like it that much, show your family, show your freaking friends, spread the wealth. It's bricky, bitch.